0: of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are, and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game they hit the boat, which in this case is Sun and Moon by Daniel Lissen
1: or Linson, Linson, sorry.
0: <laughs> Daniel, please tell us who you are, what do you do?
1: Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Daniel, and this sounds awfully like an interview at the moment.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's because it is. For a job, <laughs> Not for well, a job I guess a yeah. job interview.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so uh, I've been really interested in games for pretty much my whole life. I've been super into the idea of, uh, in particular, making levels for games since I was a kid. As soon as I could get my grubby hands in that sort of stuff, um, but I've only been making games seriously for about uh, a year or two years now Uh, and so far I've mostly been working on games that have come out of uh, game jams like uh, Lum Dare and uh, Game Boy Jam and things like that but I've since I've been working on the Sun and Moon and and I've been trying to turn it into uh, into a full release with lots of content lots of nice features and just overall polish
0: Let's just backtrack a little bit, because my next question is, had you to make your start, and you, you, you oh. lundered straight into that, which is yeah. awesome, because generally that happens with developers. They almost have prescient skills, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, one of the skill sets required of a game developer is to be prescient, apparently. Um, it's, it's quite useful. <laughs> it is quite useful. Um, so my question nearly is... Um, you said you up until a year ago you weren't actually working full time in games, so obviously yeah. you made that big plunge. You made the change and you found it you had the tools and skills available to actually make a game. Could you just take us through that? Because we do get a lot of listeners who do actually are, you know, teaching on the brink or you know, there's lots of tools yeah. out there and lots of things, because up until I've said this on the show before, up until relatively recently, making video games is a bit like being repeatedly punched in the face It still feels that <laughs> Just uh, the sometimes Just sometimes, whereas less, less. lots are hard mm. it's, You know, you've got a punching glove Previously it was just yeah. bare knuckle yeah. fighting Now it's in um, the stomach a little bit
1: which,
0: yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's softened the blow a bit Because mm. you don't need to know assembly anymore, do you?
1: No, I I would have no hope if that was
0: the case. <laughs> Whereas back in the day, you and I know, it was yeah. the case. It was. You had to what they call hit the hardware. That was a phrase they used back uh when, when the developing of games was you know, when they're making on the twenty six hundred and stuff and, and, and up until you know, right through the eighties, uh, that was all that was all it was. You had to just basically know which switch to turn off and the other one on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that literally you had to go that low level in order to make things happen. Uh, that's not the case anymore. So sorry, I'm rambling. Tell us, how did how that's did you okay. make that change?
1: Um It's a bit hard to say because it sort of happened almost by accident. Uh I guess it sort of started off as a hobby. I was doing other stuff. I was doing going to Uni, um studying studying math there actually with a bit of programming on the side. And uh, like I said i'd sort of used to dabble in that sort of stuff as as a kid, but i 'm not exactly sure what happened uh I think at some point, I tried to make something very very basic i can 't even remember what it is at this stage, and you know relative success there never released it because it was probably a pile of crap at the time um but uh, I don't know what happened. Actually, it's really—I don't know. It seems like it should be such an easy question to answer, but you know, I mean, uh, what, what was the yeah. point
0: where you sat down? What tool did he use initially? That, that's the good okay. thing. Yeah.
1: So I bounced between a few different ones for a while. I was using uh, Flash. Um, a bit that's... before that, I was using uh, the Valve Hammer Editor just to make some levels for Counter Strike and Team Fortress. Uh huh. Okay. Um, so that sort of. I guess bridging the gap between programming an actual game and just making levels for something. Yeah. Uh, And then I uh, looked into Game Maker. uh, Right. And I think that's sort of where things started to take off a bit. Um, I've seen a
0: lot of games coming out now built off that free application. Um, Very, very impressive games made off of that. Um, So you think that's a very good starting point
1: i think it's a fantastic starting point i'm not sure how well it translates into further game development i think it's mm. it's fantastic but it does get uh harder to make a full game um with something like game maker than it would be to use uh something with a bit less limitations uh so, I made the Sun and Moon, I'm probably jumping ahead a bit uh, in game maker um the full version right, and it's worked out for me, but it's been challenging sometimes when there's been when there's been um, features missing or things that you can't quite get right just using game maker
0: the The hardest thing for a developer is that sounds peculiar, but I've heard this many times. Finish a game
1: yes, make 100%, it yes
0: and finish it. Um, this is something you can read on any blog, websites about game creation. Finish it. When I mean finish it, they do actually mean a menu, a leveling <laughs> system, like scoreboards, yep. all the front end stuff. You think oh, I'll just leave that till later? No, no, yeah. no that no. stuff is
1: by far the worst.
0: <laughs> it's the worst. Is the the front end stuff? That's the worst bit. You know, yep. you think, come on, that's like one of the first things you do. No. No, how can it be? You haven't made the game yet. How can you make a front end to something that doesn't exist? Um, yeah, whereas, it seems like know, it
1: should take a tenth of the time of everything else, but it takes sort of as long as making the actual game. Yeah, if you have a... Sort which is bonkers. T-
0: Tedious Gantt chart nonsense, which you and I know as mathematicians, Gantt charts don't have logic to them, but let's not go there. You take that, and design full-on design chart for that, and the bar at the end... Would you think it's like teeny tiny, about you know three nano millimeters long of like the front end? No, that should be huge. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely huge. And it's something you tell new budding developers this; they don't believe you. Yeah,
1: you, I mean, developers- you say the last ten percent takes ninety percent of the time, and yes. people are like, "Oh, you know, that's a cool anecdote or something like that," and they sort of go away and ignore you. But it's it's <laughs> so true. Yes, um, it's and so so true.
0: It's not about putting people off, it's about realism and realistic. You know, it's not cliche, cliches uh, are, are there because they're true. Uh, it's just a fact. Yeah, uh, and and, it, and it's not just video games, it's everything. Every proper creative endeavor, the last polish takes the longest time. Yeah, you know, take film for example, the the shooting and the, and the lighting and that stuff that, that's great, that happens over six, seven weeks. But the editing <laughs> months, sometimes years, before it yeah. out. you know, years they spend on editing on film sometimes because you know just not quite right, it's just not quite right. Yeah,
1: I think it's um, almost worse with things like um, indie games because you've got one person there, so of course they leave all the horrible stuff to the end as well, so it makes it that much worse.
0: Yeah, because you're human. <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't want to do that stuff. You know, you do get weird savants that can do. All Of this stuff, and there's Renaissance people you and I know who they are, uh, that can somehow squeeze this stuff out and with little, with seemingly little to no effort. Um, and uh, yeah, but they're very, very, very few, far between. Yeah, um, most of us, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, but uh, that's that's promising. That's it's 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 inspirational almost to hear you, you know, a, a math student. Which sort of maths was it? Was it applied,
1: pure, a bit of both? Pretty much pure. Oh, okay. Right. right. Yeah, it, it didn't really lead anywhere, unfortunately. But oh, I mean, it led here, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's about, yeah, all the mathematician friends I know work for hedge funds. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know why. You know why. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a discussion for another the time. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason. Uh, and they know why, too. Um, but uh, yeah, well done, you. Hedge funds, video games. I like the latter. Well done, you. Um, so what are your biggest influences?
1: Ah, um, probably, uh, well, most of the games that I've made so far have been uh, platformers and have been quite difficult platformers. So things wait, so like wait, Super wait, Meat Boy.
0: Super Meat Boy. Oh, sorry? Okay. I was just trying to get, so Super Meat Boy is definitely, I, doubt I can see that.
1: I'd yeah, just, definitely. And, and I think if you play that and play The Silent Moon, you'll sort of see, see where my influences are in that. Um, just because I think it's such a such a sort of staple of good game design when it comes to difficult platformers. They did everything really, really well.
0: And it's really funny. I mean, he's a blob of meat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that you show his trail from previous attempts... <laughs>
1: it's it's <laughs> fantastic and really depressing when you beat a level after like 100 attempts and you just see this wave of death
0: death which you caused but <laughs> yes. you know it's been said a thousand times especially on this show maybe not a thousand because it's only 43 episodes <laughs> but you know what I mean the fact that you can start immediately that's the yeah. that's, that's the magic of it you did not have to go through you know go through a previous checkpoint and go through the same bit over the no bing, off you go do it again
1: yeah, I think the the really short levels and the fact that when you die you respawn in maybe half a second or a second. I think that's incredibly useful. Uh, I've played a lot of of games uh, in game jams where you've got a really tough platformer, and the person has decided that when you die, let's start you right back at the beginning of the game again, or let's um, take you know five seconds to to reload and have you respawn somewhere and. Just sitting there for three seconds, I don't know what it is, but just going, I'm dead, I can't move, I just have to wait, gets really, really frustrating. And it yeah. sort of it almost ruins the experience.
0: It's a, a throwback to a time that no one wants back.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, hopefully
1: we've sort of moved on from there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's quite interesting. I've said this to other developers as well about making of platformers, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Um, mm-hmm. I found that. There's some really, really pretty ones. I'm not saying uh, Sun and Moon isn't pretty. It is in its own way. Again, it sounds patronizing, but I think it's actually a beautiful game because of its simplicity. But and it's
1: minimal. It's not, yeah, but it's but not, it, not complicated. George, it's not complicated fancy. visually.
0: Yeah. Uh, but there was a there's a, been a spate of platformers. Say a spate. I mean, it's video games. Sorry, indie games are. There's a plethora of platformers mm-hmm. for, for obvious reasons. They're very immediate, very easy—not easy, well, seemingly easy to implement and create because you yeah. know, it's 2D play, and what have you. However, I've found that um, they suffer. A lot of them suffer from what I call "little big planet syndrome." <laughs> <laughs> I think I can.
1: I think I'm. I, can I guess what you mean by that?
0: But I mean, go for it.
1: Mm, so obviously, little big planet looks incredible. Uh, and the gameplay is really nice Really great sort of teamwork aspects And everything to yeah. it
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but for the most part You're just running and jumping around And what I'm going to guess That you mean is that There are some games Which look and feel incredible But then you sort of look at it and You're not really doing anything Different Not quite I don't know, I'm at all, Okay
0: it's Damn. close to that. It's, a, it's a similar to that. It's actually about precision. Oh, now, Sun yes. And Moon, okay, is yes. All about precision, which is why it works so well. Whereas, in my opinion, I am going to get, I do get yelled at about this, but Little Big Planet didn't. It wasn't.
1: Yeah, it was, it's something you sort of have to deal yeah, with.
0: You had to deal with. You had to know that this is not not precise. And what I found is a lot of games yeah. have all their platforms covered in grease. Uh, for yes. some, you know, you just you just reach it, and then you would go skidding off for no apparent reason. And I was just sat there, and my in my inner rage. I don't say it to the developer because bless him, he's probably or you'll is sitting right next to me. I'm uh, going, did you ever play Mario once? You know, because that's what I say to people when they're making platformers. Or it's again, uh, it's just not, like I can't dictate to anything or anyone. But you know, you want to know the best platformers? Nintendo make the best platformers. Play mm. them over and over and over again, then you'll understand why. Because if you don't, you, you lose that and you, you know, precision. The games, the platformers, was the great precision. The, the giving, not that balance between, uh, uh not uh, blaming yourself. You you're to blame for the failure, yeah. not the game's mechanic. Because if the game is fundamentally unfair, then it's shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that's> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I think in, in the defense of Little Big Planet, I think it isn't it, it is a bit slippery, of course. Um yes. but I think that works okay in that case because I think it's something that you can you can sort of deal with it and I don't know, it, it sort of gives it this I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to say no, it. But I think it doesn't work negatively for that game. I think that no. game knows that it's got that aspect, and it sort of works around it and makes sure that that aspect isn't isn't a concern. Like, I don't think... I'm sure that when they were developing levels for it, they took that in mind and made sure that there weren't cases when you'd slip off into spikes just out of bad luck. Yeah. This is not but fair. I think there are lots of other games, unfortunately, where you do sort of everything's made of ice and you're just falling off things and getting really frustrated.
0: Their defense would be, well, here's the momentum. Like, I know, but (laughs) no, it doesn't work. Not as if you're on your skateboard. If this was Ollie Ollie, fine, I understand (laughs) that. That game's supposed to be like that. That's fine, because I'm on a skateboard, but not actually on a... So, you know, it's my little rant there, but I'm not saying at all, Sun and Moon... Ever suffers from this at all? Um, just want to make that absolutely clear. I'm not saying that because it's you. Yeah. I'm talking to you. You, it, it, it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense if it did. In fact, it's a bit. Um, the character, a little sprite that you play, is a bit leaden, um, which is good because it has to be for reasons. Yeah. at least, that at
1: least on the show. ground. Yeah. yeah, a few people yeah. have said that it's a bit harder to control in the air, which well, I mean, I, I sort of put that in. Um, on purpose because I wanted there to be this balance. So if you don't want to like, there has to be some sort of downside for jumping around everywhere. If it like, there was has to too, be some reason. Yeah.
0: If it was too floaty, too easy, it would be too easy. It'd be, it'd be dull. Yeah. yeah. You, you're teaching on the brink of dullness If you go there, which, uh, you don't want that. No one wants that. And I was going to say before, when
1: you were mentioning, um, slidey platformers. Yes. Oh, I just I just had this sort of image of there's some games I've played where you've jumped and you've sort of landed on the side of a block. Yeah. And you've slowly fallen off. But it's been <laughs> this like incredibly slow process because whatever equation it's using for the for the edge, you're basically exactly at that point where you're on the platform where you're about to fall off at the same time. Yeah. And you sort of just have the character slip off in a process of about three seconds just going, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. And the whole time you were explaining it, I was just picturing that character slowly sliding off the block.
0: <laughs> I mean... I, I, think, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, but... It gets I better. remember, because I'm very, very old, um, and when I was a kid, there was a game called um, Jet Set Willy on um, the Spectrum. And this is back in the mid-80s. Again, I'm very old. Uh, and that game didn't have any of this, okay? What we're talking about... Slidiness? Mm-hmm. Ew. Um, what was really quite funny <laughs> is because the game was basically pixels, very simple pixels, you can look it up, um, you could have your character leaning or just, just actually standing on one pixel, <laughs> outstretched to, you know, just standing there, hanging on by one pixel uh, yeah. to actually get to the next. It was that precise.
1: And you had to do that to get yeah. to the next section. Sometimes wow. you
0: had to do that um, to actually be successful in the game. You had to basically it's a bit like Street Fighter, you know, where you get hitboxes and animation mm-hmm. and stuff. It's that kind of level of precision that you had to. Re- there's there's a there's a. You go on, the, you go to YouTube and see that there's something called the Banyan Tree level. Just watch it. Okay. You you as a designer go no no this this, this is made <laughs> uh-huh. by a man. Who's clearly not well? Uh, because it's <laughs> horrific, really, really, really
1: difficult, really difficult. I'm looking forward to this now. Uh,
0: but to have a look, and also listeners, have a, have a look it up. The banyan tree, B-A-N-Y-A-N, banyan tree. Uh, it's notorious. People replicated it on in uh, Little Big Planet. <laughs> to say, oh. See, this is how you make a level and then kick yourself in the teeth. <laughs> um, it was made by the man who, who had a diseased mind, and uh, um, yeah, it's uh, he was only 14 at the time, he thought it was funny. No, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, Matthew, it wasn't funny. Uh, yeah, bad entry level, classic, uh, absolute, and again, absolute precision. <laughs> So, who do you most admire in the industry? In, in as a developer, can be a company, can be a person, but both can be a pet. <laughs> um,
1: good question. Uh, so you asked earlier, sort of what got me started into game development, yeah. and I mentioned that at some point I started playing around with Game Maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the reason that I did that in the first place And so this is sort of uh, One of my biggest inspirations I guess Is um, There's a developer Called Matt Thorson Who right. makes Towerfall And made a bunch of other games Before that So Towerfall right. Is an uh, arena Battle 2D platformer game That,
0: that, that game um, has, just can, can, just, Yeah Towerfall is, a, is an amazing game And they yes. can have Non-gamers Pick up A PS4 controller Which to you and I Is like nothing But to the average yeah. layman It's horrifying uh, yeah. They, they get into it. They get into it. So, yeah. Good call. So, you saying inspired by by this chap?
1: Yes. So, he he made uh, a lot of games before Towerfall as well, of course. Okay. Uh, and uh, some of them are called uh, Jumper. So, there's Jumper 1, 2, 3, and possibly some other ones. Uh, and those are uh, very basic, very difficult platformers. Uh, you can... I think you can double jump, I can't quite remember but it's, there's no story there's no sort of theme to it it's just your, there might be a story actually. I can't actually remember, but um, most of it is you're just trying to get through these incredibly hard levels Um, and those games are really fun and they're a good example I think of again, difficult platforming games, Um, but he made another game called An Untitled Story uh, which is uh, sort of a Metroidvania game where it starts off and you're just this egg and you can jump around and it sort of seems like a very basic game but the sort of the story unfolds before you as you go
0: okay.
1: uh, and that game I think was a really big inspiration to me so Matt Thorson um, definitely uh, one of the developers that I'm super keen on
0: well consider uh, considered hat tipped towards this man yes Definitely
1: tips. Oh, okay. Anyone um, else? E- yes. I'm just trying to think. It's really hard to pick.
0: Oh no! It's really oh, hard no. to
1: separate people. Like I would, I'd be able to list a whole bunch of people, but it would be never ending, and I'd be scared of missing out on people's names. Which is um, what
0: many <laughs> developers tell me. They go, oh, do I, "Can I? Do I have to answer yeah. this? You know." <laughs> Mm. God, totally it like, like, you know, yeah. Some weird fanboy. Like, no, that's alright.
1: Yeah, like I feel I can definitely say Matt Thorson and uh I guess the people who have made other signature indie games that I'm a huge fan of, so um things like Cave Story, things like uh
0: Well Super Meat Boy first. Like, well. yeah. yeah,
1: Super Meat Boy as well of course.
0: Um, nuclear throne lift rouser stuff like that yeah yeah I mean my pile of shame on on, uh, on my steam account is you know it's embarrassing if it was a physical thing I'd be able to rent it out for a ski <laughs> um, uh, you know they could have it as the winter Olympics because it would be that mountainous and that snow covered uh, yeah it's embarrassing it's embarrassing and I'm sad uh, all I blame is the sales. buddies. look.
1: Oh, if yeah. they're going
0: to sell Fallout New Vegas for two pounds, what am I supposed to do?
1: I mean, yeah, you've got to <laughs> buy at least like five copies.
0: Exactly. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> what supposed mm. to do with My pro tip to everyone out there: Do not put Steam on your phone. Don't do it. Don't. Do yeah,
1: it. that's a pretty dangerous idea. Stupid, stupid
0: thing to do. They, and Valve know what they will do when they release the app it's actually oh, yeah. utterly useless <laughs> apart from it's one thing it's good at
1: spending money it's
0: great at spending
1: money it's fantastic for
0: that <laughs> to, to actually but download buy a game and buy the game the time we get home it's been downloaded it's crazy it's just crazy yeah <laughs> don't know what the PS4 about a month when it first came out it's like I live in the future <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> I was
0: sitting on a bus buying a game and by the time I got home it was already downloaded on my PS4. And
1: that's a great feeling, though.
0: It's a lovely feeling. And it makes people like you making your games and distributing the games... I mean, imagine it. They're like People who buy your game and by the time they get home, it's there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my games are pretty small, so... Yeah, the exactly. They sort of sit there for 10 seconds.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry, I mean, you mean, file size. You know, no, yeah. of they sort of sit down, wait a few seconds, and then it's, then it's there for them then anyway. it's
0: there.
1: It's there. Um, so... But I, Oh, I find that with, with things like Steam sales, um, just giving yourself a limit to how much you're going to spend is probably a good approach. I think if you just go, I'm going to spend $100 and that's it, it's kind of a nice way to make sure you don't go crazy with it.
0: Unless you see that game like, oh, but it's half price. <laughs> no, you've over the limit. Yep. It's half price. I, sadly, I did that in Wolfenstein. It was a good call. Wolfenstein's a mm. good game. But yeah. <laughs> it was half price. What was it supposed to do? Um, anyway speaking of games we're playing I love segues uh, this is my last question to you about you and then we can talk about Sun and Moon um, what are you playing right now apart from Sun and Moon of course
1: oh um, at the moment uh, not yeah. really anything else <laughs> I am sort of working just in this but Oh, uh, when I do have some space time. Anything recently
0: uh, um, or it can be a tabletop game as well if you
1: like. Don't mind. Oh, uh I do I do always try and find time for those. I'll get to those in a second. Um but Kerbal Space Program is probably the the only one which I've been playing right. recently in terms of um, in terms of actual video games. Okay. Um, just because I I don't know I find it really relaxing. There's something really nice about going on this long mission through space and, and sort of just sitting down and and i uh, working through that.
0: Are you aware that there's a tabletop game that's like Kerbal Space Program?
1: Ah, uh, what's it called?
0: High Frontier. No, not at all aware of okay. that. Okay, uh, I was away on <laughs> weekend just gone and I'm part of a board game group. Listeners will know about a board game group. I'm going to bore them again with it. It's an amazing board game group. They meet every day. I just want to point out, I don't go every day. But they do meet every day. They have an event every day, uh, seven days a week, and they meet in a pub in central London, somewhere in or around, sometimes it's Charing Cross, sometimes it's Liverpool Street. Uh, But I live in central London, and uh, they feed and water us, and we sit there playing board games. Uh, Over the weekends, it lasts sort of six, 12 hours a day. So they start from 11 and finish at 11. Uh, but uh, on, on in the weekend or the weekdays, it's got, you know, from 5 till 11. So a good chunk of time. People, yeah. 60, 60 or 70 people show up every day uh, to play. Are there
1: people who go every day as well? Like other people No,
0: who... the most unknown okay. people, they tend to go, the worst is to... Two to three times a week. That's the worst okay, I've sure. seen. Um, there is the 18XX clique. Do you know the 18XX games? The train games?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've never yeah. really played them. No, because don't, they don't. are quite don't. intense. But, there they are. And there's um, this
0: little corner. And we just let them do their thing. Like, are you. Uh, yeah. We run away <laughs> fleeing, you know. They're lovely people. And they actually play other games as well. We make jokes about them. And they, they make jokes about it too, but they just love them, and it's just great. But yeah. High I've Frontier... i
1: appreciation for those sort of games, even though I, I haven't touched them. I think no. it's, it, it's incredible sort of how much detail you can go into with those things.
0: But yeah, High Frontier is Newtonian physics. You start off a colony on Earth, from, from Earth. You have to build your spaceship, get, get it in orbit. Then once you get it in an orbit, you don't have to get to the nearest satellite and once you got to the nearest satellite, you then go on to the next planet using Newtonian physics to yeah. slingshot your spaceship across the, the solar system. Wow. And um, you're buying and trading and you're competing with other nations and other civilizations to build. And it goes – they played this game over the weekend when I was away for – actually twice a year, this board game group has a weekend event um, – and uh there's a big con base, so we have about 80 people meeting in this hotel and playing board games for three days sounds really weird but it's just what we do and fantastic. It's, it is it's fantastic it's really i can't it's just such a lovely experience all like-minded people just drinking and playing games it's lovely uh and into wee hours as well it's quite common you know, It finishes at 2 2 a.m and stuff like that and that's that's, that's a lightweight um and uh <laughs> they played this game for 10 hours Ten yeah, okay. hours. They were playing. They spread it over two days. They said they stopped because they got too drunk. <laughs> 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 they couldn't play anymore because they were too drunk. That was the reason they stopped. Not because they didn't know what to do. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm too drunk now. <laughs> I can't read the cards anymore. <laughs> so we're going to bed. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Look it up. Check out the, you know, the and board game geek and, uh, have a look, High Frontier. If you if you like a global space yeah. program, which is what we're talking about, everyone. It's basically you starting off as a civilization that goes, you know, the four, first four into space exploration, and eventually you know, the ultimate goal is to build a colony on you know, the next planet of the solar system. Whereas this goes way beyond that. You do that, and then you end up starting to create a whole new uh, interstellar civilization, and it's incredible, hmm. absolutely incredible um yeah high frontier it's it's yeah i haven't played it i'm not gonna say i have i just witnessed them play it and every again yeah. every now and again i walk by and go so is there any ships blown up and then some bloke point across it he's dead he's that laugh. start laughing uh, heads, it blew I'm, up. It blew
1: I'm sure <laughs> the guy appreciated the joke for the whole 10 hours
0: um, yeah well no he's he was one they all of their ships blow up eventually because that's how it works yeah. As Richard Branson too, but it it just happens, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and its just, like just happened to be his ship that blew up that 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 that, that turn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, highly recommended, but uh, not for not for the faint hearted. It mm. does. Uh, I mean, the cards, extraordinary. The design of the cards. If you look at them objectively, it's just it looks like it's a wash of information, but you actually only need a little sliver of it at the bottom. The rest of it is just. Flare. <laughs> okay. So it has all these diagrams and pistons and, and little symbols and says, you know, you've got X. You just don't need any of it. Yeah. So it's okay. to have that. So what, what board games have you been tabletop stuff? Have have been playing.
1: Ah. Um. So I guess my favourites, which I always sort of come back to, are Dominion. Okay. Uh, which has no theme whatsoever, but it's a uh, really Medieval, nice. Me-
0: yeah. Pardon. Medieval.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess so. But you can pretty much replace the names of the cards with whatever you want, and it still, well, people it do. still feels I
0: the mean, same. Look at Ascension. I, I mean, that's my game of choice when it comes to deck builders. Okay, Ascension is a game I, I adore uh, because it takes away the shop front and replaces it with a set of random cards. So, yeah. <laughs> so imagine, have you played Ascension? Me. I haven't. Okay, no. so Ascension is very much like Dominion, only t- trying to imagine Dominion... Take away all the cards that you have laid out in front of you. And instead, you just have five cards that appear randomly, and as you take, okay. as you buy those cards, they're replaced with more random cards. So you, it's difficult for you to project where you're going to go because you have to react to what's yeah. placed in front of you. And this, for so a lot of Dominion players, loathe this. They go, "Well, what yeah, are yeah you like, what's to do and... with that?" You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, I guess with Dominion, at the start of the game, you sort of sit there looking at the 10 cards, just yeah. planning out your entire strategy. And of course, you know, things will change slightly, but for the most part, you go, I'm going to try and get lots of this card, a few of these ones. I'm going to try and do this over and over and over again and try and win that way. Try and come and up create, with some sort of plan try, from, the, from the start, yeah.
0: yeah. Try and create a point-making machine, whereas in Ascension, you go, oh, that's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's out. No, no. If, if he doesn't get it, hope he hasn't seen it if oh damn it he's seen it <laughs> you know and yeah. that, that, that that's that's what happens it's uh, uh look it up it's actually you can play it on an ipad and stuff like that so i do play it with lots of people across the planet uh okay. because it's a lovely game. so okay dominion anything else
1: yeah so uh, ascension sounds like sounds like the sort of game where i might end up sitting there just trying to come up with uh, the best plan like every time it's my turn which is something i try and avoid <laughs> Yeah, uh, analysis paralysis. Yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a... I, I suffer a bit from that sometimes. Well,
0: a mathematician, um, what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's nice It's nice when you've got a game when you can either do it all at the start and not have to, like, reassess every single time it comes back yeah. to you. Um, or a game where you just can't predict it at all, and so you just sort of go with the flow. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, yeah, so aside from, aside from Dominion, uh, I really like... Uh, Like social deduction games, things like Werewolves, things like Resistance, things like Coup. Um, They're not really tabletopy because it's just ten cards or something. Yeah,
0: I mean the Resistance has got a new expansion out where you have factions, and you can only attack members of your own fact, your opposing faction. Uh, Yeah, that's kind
1: of that's Coup, but yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, And then there's Masquerade. You know Masquerade.
1: Yes, that's... I haven't played it. I only played it once or twice. Yes, but, 13 yes, it's 13 it's crazy. Yeah.
0: You're the king. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I am. Uh, you don't needed. even know. I know. <laughs> Neither do you
1: <laughs> silly, silly game. Um,
0: okay. So yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so so those are I don't know, I think those are interesting because they're not exactly like to me they feel like a very different type of game than most board games because you're not you're not playing a game so much as just trying to play other people and just trying to read into that but I think that's I think I'm, I'm just in love with those sort of games, I really like the idea of trying to trying to deduce things that other people are trying to hide from you, I think there's something really cool about that.
0: Yeah, I mean and, the ultimate yeah. versions of that is Shadow over Camelot and Battlestar yeah. Galactica and Battlestar Galactica is the kingpin of that, uh,
1: but it's not for everyone you know, have you tried Battlestar Galactica? I have I really like it I think yeah. I think most people I think if you would like board games then you would like better self for, yeah. for the most part
0: for the most part it's just that when you realise that the bloke sitting next to you has been a Cylon all this time and you completely yeah. trusted them and you just want to punch them and you've got to wonder <laughs> how are they so good at acting how did they, how did they do that you know uh, I'm the worst Cylon ever <laughs> I'm just awful I, I, I go look tell, I've, I can't do this I'm a silent, you know, I can't do this. That's how
1: you're supposed to play.
0: I know it's not, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> normally I either overcompensate to the point where they actually put me in the brig because I'm overcompensating mm. or I just like, I can't do this. <laughs>
1: but yeah. I like that there's some people that end up in the brig every game, no matter what. Like, no matter who they are. Just, <laughs> yeah. People are just like, I'm suspicious of you. and the yeah. like,
0: Avalon suffers on that as well. When you go to a yeah. second session, like, no that was last time I'm not a... no I was a spy last time this is a new game I don't trust you no oh, God. and you're like that's nice
1: where to, to say you know? discord though yeah. if, if you're the spy this time you're just like you're acting awful suspicious again yeah, it was like, I'm else.
0: Merlin for god's sake I have to anyway anything
1: else um, a bunch of think? other games uh, but I don't know if any other ones really stand out Wow. Uh, yeah. There are some there are some video games as well which are a bit like resistance and Battlestar and everything, in the sense that you've got some sort of hidden information. Okay. And I don't know, I'm sort of interested in those as well, but I haven't played them too much. So things like uh spy party. You've got oh, one right. person yeah. pretending to be an AI and the other person is a sniper fight. trying to yeah. work out which one of you is a real person, which one of you is, is not. I think there's something there's something nice about that. Yeah. To me.
0: It brings out the worst and best in us.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's a there's a Wii U game which uh, I'm not actually sure what it's called, but it's got a bunch of mini games and one of them is uh one person's a ghost and the other people are trying to find you and you and the person with the ghost has the um the handhold and so they can see so yes um, I, I so,
0: played this yeah. on uh, when the, the Wii U first came out and it was like one of the demo stations and mm. yeah. That that's an excellent game. Yeah. The I've only fun played fun. it
1: at defense place, so I don't actually I don't know what it's called, I can't remember anything about it. Uh, except that you've got yeah, so the person who's the ghost has A uh, handheld controller and they can see where they are and everyone else has no see idea. The ghost. That's yeah, right, you've yeah. got a flashlight, and you're just trying to outsmart each other. And I think yeah. Yeah, I, I I really like those sort of games.
0: You're casting a light on them, and then that, yes. yeah, that's I agree. There's some some lovely stuff out there as regards to hidden agendas and yeah. trustworthiness, and it really brings out the worst in us. Yeah, yeah, in order to just lie, but again, my face doesn't allow me to lie. So oh, that's a terrible pity. Yeah, it is a terrible pity. Uh, I feel like thanking my parents for that. Um, so, thanks very much for sharing your experience in games, regardless of their form. We don't, you know, are not prejudiced against whatever game, What is the game doesn't matter, you know. Or, yeah. Um, so that's that's or maybe although the match threes we could do less of those. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, I mean, there's a bit of a blurring between tabletop and video games these days, anyway. Like there are some games which kind of feel halfway between the two.
0: Well, it's even worse because there's a game I played over the weekend. This weekend, I went wave on called Alchemist.
1: Okay. It requires an app to work. Uh, I mean, there are some games where, but that's okay. Like Space Alert comes with a CD, it and does. these days you play with an app because yeah, who has a CD player? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, and then there's there's games like uh, what's it called? Uh, Space Team, which is Space uh, Team. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which is an app where you're just yelling at each other. So at each other yeah. Just for anyone that isn't familiar with it. Uh, on your screen, on your phone, you've got a bunch of random buttons which are randomly named. You've got little dials and things that you're trying to move around. Uh, but in order to work out what you have to do, these instructions come up on other people's screens. And <laughs> so they're right. sort of telling you, turn the flabbergaster to three, and someone else is like, oh, I've got the flabbergaster set, set to three. And you're trying to desperately keep the ship intact.
0: It's um. Uh... The glorious game and a great icebreaker. Yes, great icebreaker. Out on Android and, as well now, thank God. Yeah, because uh, I don't have an Android, but a lot of my friends do. So it's, it's, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, so, so that's
1: a nice mix between video games yeah. and tabletop, which is which is
0: a good thing. It it's yeah. should be games. It doesn't matter. Yep. So end of part one. Let's move on to the second half, where we talk about the sun and. us about the sun and
1: moon oh okay so the sun and moon is a 2d platformer where you can run around and you can jump as well and uh, there's a action button which you can press and while that button's held down if you jump into the ground or into a wall uh you dive into it and while you're underground gravity is reversed so what you would typically find happens is uh you might jump hold this button and instead of landing on the ground again, you would dive through it and you'd sort of feel like you were being pulled up. So it's almost as though the ground turns to water or something and you're buoyant through it. Um, and so using this ability, you can do all sorts of weird things. So, uh, if you have a platform you want to get to, that's far too high for you to jump to. Um, you can use the ground itself to build up momentum. So because gravity is reversed when you're underground, you can use that to sort of slingshot yourself through the ground. Um, but I don't know if that makes much sense, just me describing it.
0: You did a really good job.
1: <laughs> um, i had a bit it, of practice.
0: It is hard to to describe, but um, there's really there were, you know, new players to the game. At what, what Daniel just said, really, really helpful. It's yeah, not media but, obvious
1: Yes But I think it's nice to I sort of prefer people just having a go at the game uh, Jumping around in it And sort of going, oh that's how things work Because um, I think it is a nice experience To sort of discover for yourself Rather than be told, do this and this and this And then you'll you'll get through
0: It is deceptive though uh, When you say, oh yes, you figure it out No you don't uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I it, guess that's it,
1: the, the fun, is to try and figure it out, then.
0: You, you get the mechanic, but then you realised how much lunacy you get up to.
1: <laughs> because yeah.
0: what you haven't mentioned is, the fact, you have to pick up little dots, because yeah. you're around, you know, little trophies. Uh, you need to get to certain parts of the map to get to these dots, and once you get to those dots, you can then go through the exit, which is a big glowing thing. Uh, and yeah. uh, one of the things you're trying to do is do this in the fastest way possible, or do it the fastest because each each level has its own par time, if you will. And yeah. the faster you do it, the more points you get, and big thumbs up, yay! So, as you mentioned earlier, there's um, a shifting of polarity of gravity mm-hmm. and momentum, and these are the two key components of the Sun and Moon. How did that come about? Where did that come from? Why? What possessed you to think, you know, it would be cool if your little dude actually landed on a platform and then sank into it and by doing so reversed gravity and then pushed themselves out? How did that come about?
1: Okay, so the game was originally made for Lumdai, which is a 48-hour competition where you try and make a game completely from scratch. So at the start of the competition, they announced the theme, which is voted on by people, uh, and for this particular one, the theme was Beneath the Surface. Uh, so, at that point, you've got 48 hours to try and come up with an idea for hopefully some sort of original, interesting game uh, that uses the idea of Beneath the Surface. And uh, for me, when that happened, when the theme was announced, I tried to find time, um, easy day uh, to sit down and come up with some sort of interesting idea for it. Uh, and the first few ideas I had, I think were pretty terrible. I think I had ideas where, you know, what if the what if you had a top-down game and the tiles flipped around and there was something on the other side of the tiles and you wanted to move around. It's a bit
0: literal, that, that, that. but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a bit literal, but also it just didn't seem very fun. Right. Um, like, you would just sort of sit there and, I guess you'd sort of have this analysis paralysis thing where you'd just be sitting there going, well, if I move this tile, this tile, this tile, I'll get through. Mm. And after thinking about it for a bit, I realised it's probably not going to be a very fun game. Um, so I kept thinking, and it took me a long time to come up with, to, to go through all these ideas and just throw out all these ideas because they weren't very good. I think they were yeah, too literal to... The, the sort of thing that you would think of as soon as you hear the theme. And I don't think those ideas were going to the amount to anything new. Um, and then at some point, I sort of had this image of a character jumping into water and mm-hmm. kind of floating back up. And the idea that if you made a level in a certain way, maybe that action could be used to come up with some sort of challenging levels and I'm not really sure where the idea came from I think it just popped into my head at some point It's the best way I can describe it
0: that's fine, some uh, of the best ideas
1: you know, yeah. are drawn that way it's a pity though because I really wish I could <laughs> work out what I did to come up yeah. with the idea because um, it would be nice to do that again <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would be very useful well, I think, um,
0: you know, in defence yeah. of the, um, the, the the game jam that's what happened you were given a theme and you're beneath the surface beneath the surface my gut reaction to that is a big monster underneath the sea and I would have built a game around that because that's how I have that beneath the surface beneath the surface of the sea big monster with a big beak and arms and big yellow eye and then try to build a game around that idea because that's what I think when I hear the words beneath the surface way too many sci-fi books in my head I think (laughs) Um, whereas for yourself, you thought, well the, the act of entering yeah going going underneath the surface in the first place that's what you what you were drawn to, yeah. or indeed well, revealing eventually. what's under yeah revealing what's underneath the surface so For me it's just well, what is underneath the surface is probably quite horrid. <laughs> it's a very
1: pessimistic view of
0: <laughs> well that's oceans, that life in it general it is, it is yeah he <laughs> can't help it being you know one I wants a thing with a beak you can't help it um yeah. so okay, well that's
1: yeah so so there was there was heaps of ideas that i had um heaps of crap ideas which I had, and I kind of kept trying to to dig around them until I found something which which felt like an original idea, and so eventually i I came up with this idea and I think as soon as I had it, I sort of felt like, oh, yeah, I think this can work. Um, And so on paper, I planned out a whole bunch of different uh, types of movement that you can do. So I've done this before in other games, but I've tried to work out, you know, so you've got you, you've got blocks, and you've got spikes, say. And how can I, what sort of different actions can I take uh, in the smallest possible way of looking at them? So uh, a good example might be uh, in, say, Mario, you might look at the game and you might go, well, you can, you can do this sort of jump. You can do, uh, you can hop into this monster and you can jump over here. And you might sort of map out all the different, um, single actions that you can take. And then you might try and build levels around those actions. Uh, and I had the same sort of approach with Sun and Moon. So I, I went, well, you could jump from platform to platform. That's pretty dull. You could, uh, dive into a wall and you could use that to swing yourself upwards um, you could jump underground and sort of dive underneath some spikes and I tried to come up with all these different uh, single ideas and then from there I tried to kind of combine them and make different levels using those ideas um, and so that's, that's where most of the game came from so in the 48 hours I came up with uh, 30 levels and they're all quite short but um, I was really happy that I was able to make so many levels in, the, in that amount of time. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I think that was about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Solar Moon asks a lot on the player, with respect to hand-eye coordination, timing, dexterity, if you will. How do you balance that with just overall fairness? We did touch about about this earlier on in the show, about how platformers can rapidly fall into the realms of just a quagmire of pain, for no (laughs) thought of the player. Um, Just see the the core, you know, design of the game just wants to kick you in the nuts because that think that's the that's the way of maintaining challenge, but it's not. It's just bollocks. how has the Sun and Moon avoided this 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 quagmire? Which it has, by the way, everyone.
1: Oh. Oh <laughs> well, thank, thank you for saying so. Yes. Um,
0: How do you think? Apart from the obvious, you know, playtesting.
1: Yeah. Uh well I mean even even the Luminary version, I, I wasn't able to do any playtesting for that. So I, I think it was more that um, I think I set out with the controls to make sure that everything, if you did the same thing twice, it would perform exactly the same way. So there wouldn't be cases where you would feel like, oh, that was unexpected. Um, I think that certainly helps. So I think having everything be fully consistent is, is really useful. So you can, you know, if you if you programmed a robot to play a certain way, then it would succeed every time. It wouldn't have to adapt to all of a sudden you've slipped off a block or something like that. No. Um but I think mostly it would just come down to uh, to the controls and and how the character behaves. So once you're on the ground, for example, um, you're pretty much like you said before you're you're sticky, so you're sort of fixed there. And as soon as you let go of um, left or right, you you stop very very quickly, uh, which I think is is really useful. So it stops you having to it stops you sliding off platforms and it stops you from having to do weird things in some games like where you're on ice and you have to sort of move backwards for a second to slow yourself down. Yeah. So I think avoiding all of that really helped. Definitely.
0: Um, Well, more developers should do it. I mean, it's I don't know why they think it's like this little unwritten rule that all platformers have to be like this. They don't and they shouldn't. Uh, Yeah. there's, There's other ways to create challenge. And to create a, a world which is inherently difficult to navigate because you have no grip to anything. It's, yeah. no, it's lazy. Um it's it's and it's, it's just frustrating and um, you don't want that. You don't want that. Yeah. And uh, there's another game I played recently which required momentum, but it was the split second timer required was so so tight. I couldn't play it. You know, I,
1: what
0: I'm, was that, by the way? Uh, I, I don't want to say what it is. Okay, <laughs> um, then sure, fair enough. Yeah, it's just not. It's a, it's a game that's just you know just in development. I, en- I encountered it okay. just at the Play Expo, and the poor fellas, they stood next to me and goes, you, you just need to do that. I said, no. I said, no, I can't do this. I don't have the hand-eye coordination to do this. I don't do it. I can't play this game. I just don't have it. I can't do this. And he looked at me, the, the gobsmacked, like, well, what do we do? He said, well, I can't play this game. And I walked away. I mean, felt, felt terrible for him. But it was like, yeah. I know what they're trying to do, but I said, well, I just can't. I lack the skill in order to be able to achieve anything with this. Um, I know what I need to do. You know that frustrating experience. You know what you need to do, but you can't. You know, you're physically incapable yeah. of doing it. So Sorry, this is not for me. And, you know, I felt terrible saying to him, but what am I supposed to do? Well, it's, it's like, oh, this is great. And I you know, blow smoke up with his rear end. I can't play this game. It's not for me. I can't play it. And like, well, yeah. uh, so, sorry, you've made a game that, unfortunately, you're alienating a large proportion of the, the player base because they can't, they lack the ability to do what you're asking them to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, you haven't you, the the sun and moon skirts that, but you get out, over, you overcome that by actually uh, manipulating, exploiting the physics of the world that you present. And each world has its own unique one. There's one of my favorites. I don't want to spoil it, but it's very, very early on. It's like level nine. Mm-hmm. And there's basically a series of vertical blocks. And you have to basically have to swim through the blocks. And time it so you actually get through uh, in, in such a way that you don't fall to your death or, or hit one of the spikes. It's not remotely frustrating. It sounds frustrating, but it really isn't. Because the sense of momentum and movement... It's so pleasant when you're playing Sun and Moon cause yeah. it is genuinely really tactile game. It feels like when you go through the blobs of, of levels, which at one point are your 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 anchor, the way around which you actually rest, because there's quite often I will do some crazy stunts and then find myself resting on some place yeah. taking a breath again. Okay, now what do I do? <laughs> I've got three of them. I just need to get one more. You know, how do I get to yeah. that?
1: And well I think in I think I sort of came upon the uh the relaxing nature or the pleasant nature almost by accident, um which was fantastic for me but uh it was only when I was playing the game after I had started making it that I sort of went, oh, oh you know it feels really nice just to bounce up and down to the ground here
0: it's just um, so i I
1: was just yeah. yeah I was just really lucky I think to come across that idea again um but I, uh, yeah. But going back to what you were saying before with um some games just feeling too unfair. Yeah. Uh I think it's I think that's another thing that uh game developers and in particular indie game developers, because it's um it's it's an easy mistake to make for them, is uh it's really, really, really easy to make a game which is too difficult. And you sort of go into it going, Oh, you know, I'm gonna make the game fairly challenging and then you make something which you feel is fairly challenging, but to everyone else is literally impossible to play. Yeah. Unless you sit down for 50 hours. And I think it's because you know the person making the game has been sitting there for 50 hours playing the game over and over and over again. So it, everything seems like second nature to them. But that I think was, that's... Yeah. That's what exact, was that, what, sorry?
0: That's what exactly what I encountered. They yeah. Perplexed. Like, why can't you do this? Because... I haven't been. I didn't make the game, and I can't. (laughs) What you're asking me to do is press these buttons, a series of buttons, and then less than a second. Come on,
1: you know. I think it's it's, an incredibly easy thing to to fall into. Like it's. I think it's one of the most challenging things in making a game, especially something like a a platformer, um, is to make it not too difficult. And even even when you're going, I'm going to try and make this easy. It still ends up being. Quite hard, which mm-hmm. is what I've found in the past. Like I've made games in the past where <laughs> um, they just ended up being almost impossible. Like I would have people tell me that I was actually insane um, because I mean, the last few levels were just terrible.
0: A fantastic example is Spelunky. Yes, that's a great game. It is brutally hard. It's but a not, wonderful not, game, yeah, but not to the point where it says. It's, your, it's It's the game's fault. It's always your mm. fault when you fail. It's always your fault. And yeah. That's important. You know, you don't blame the game mechanics or the inability to say, this is impossible. You can't do this. This cannot be done. When you start, when those words start pouring out of your, your mouth, there's something wrong. Uh, and it's that fine balance, fine balance of yes. tweaking. That's what, You know, we said earlier the the development of games. Ninety percent of it, you spend the last ten percent of its content. You know, the polishing, the balancing, the stuff that you don't want to do. The leaderboard, you don't want to do it. Oh, I hate the word
1: leaderboard right now.
0: (laughs) But it's important, especially a game like the Sun and Moon. It's vital because you want to say, "Look, I did that one in twenty seconds." But uh, yeah, yep. but you're just a weird savant. No one could do that, you know. It's just, uh, uh, yeah. Definitely, this this game is is great for let's plays. It's just like, oh, look, he did. How did he loop that around that? And it's great. Speaking of yeah. presentations, um, I love segues. It, the, the sun and moon, apart from when I identify them, uh, the sun and moon is very has a minimalist kind of style yep. to it. Um, how, has that fed... What led the other? Did the game's design feed into the minimalist sort of presentation? Or was it... How did that come about? I mean, you could have gone really crazy with this. Yeah. Uh, did-
1: yeah. What you said is pretty much spot on. So the the game itself led me to make the decision to make the, the style of the game really simple. And um the reason for that was... Because uh, I didn't want... I didn't want there to be any distractions, really. I wanted you to be able to sit down, play the game, and always be fully aware of sort of where you were and what the level looked like. Um, Because things move so quickly uh, in some levels, uh, I really wanted to avoid having to... having the player have to put any effort into working out where things were and what they had to do. Um, so I sort of wanted the focus to be on the gameplay rather than on really nice graphics. Fair enough. Um, and I guess I made the decision for the Game Jam version, for the Limit version. Yeah. Uh, but I looked into it a few times since then and sort of went, you know, do I want to up the graphics? Do I want to make things look a lot more polished or a lot more intense or anything like that? And every time I... I kind of reached the conclusion that things worked better as they were. Um, and there was, there was one decision which I made uh, about halfway through the development, which was to uh, ramp up the graphics. So if you play the original version, um, which you can find online for free if you Google the Sun and Moon, um, everything was, all the pixels were at two times scale, if that makes sense. So everything's sort of pixelated and quite large, and all the blocks are sixteen pixels by sixteen pixels.
0: This is true, yep. yeah.
1: Yep. And um and that worked that worked fine in that version. But eventually I I did make the decision to up it to thirty two by thirty two, so to make everything more fine, if that makes sense. To make everything yes. not pixelated anymore. Um and I think that was about the only time when I actually tried to make things more graphically intense but I, I think that was I, I mean I think that decision was good I think it made it easier to look at
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it makes it much more a pleasant experience without compromising yeah. the simplicity and minimalist yes. approach because you need it because the little blob whizzes around like a gooden if you're not careful oh yes yeah. it really yeah. goes it just goes flying across oh god hang on because initially it feels leaden and slow And very, you know But then as soon as you start As soon as you start, you know Getting that momentum going Yeah, ping pong
1: Yeah, but but not compromising I think is a really good way to put it Mm. Um, Even when I was Even when I made the graphics um, Twice as as fine um, It was a really tough decision to make Because I did feel like I, I was really concerned that I was compromising The simplicity of everything Just to make things look slightly nicer to um.
0: so my last question. Yeah. Uh, I hinted at this before we recorded, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really about the fact that this is a skill based game. And I asked this a couple of times to the developers about this uh, aspect. But if you were sitting down and you just explained to, to someone how to play the game, yeah. that's, the, that's the point. You just, then you will have now the chance to give them one piece of advice. Oh gosh just, just one, so what would you say to them before they started a level? They've, they already know how to play it i don 't want that. Yep. you've already said that. What was the one piece of advice
1: could be anything so so i 'm trying to uh, make it the easiest possible for them to get through the game what 's my goal with the advice
0: just to make it um, make them more successful generally overall at playing the game. If you had that chance to reach out to them and say, by the way, maybe you should think about this, you should approach it like this. I know what I would say, but I'm not a developer.
1: <laughs> what would Ooh, you say? Um, that's really interesting. Uh, so it also feeds, answer, into the,
0: yeah, yeah. It feeds into the design of the game and how you think of it, about it objectively.
1: Yeah. So, well, what I've tried to do with the game is uh, there are... Like you said before, there are ideas that aren't obvious at all. Like there are there are things you can do in the game which, um, which would take a while for you to sort of work out and go, oh, that's that's something I can do, and it's it's something that was sort of staring you in the face the whole time. But it's just about working out mm-hmm. how the momentum can be used in your in your favour, uh, and with some of these tactics, I've tried to encourage them through some of the levels so i've tried mm-hmm. to put in levels where the player reaches a, a certain level and comes with comes face to face with a very simple level which sort of requires them to use this tactic and the levels hopefully designed in a way that sort of encourages them to to work out how, how the tactic might be um so if that wasn't the case i think that would have been one of my answers i think i would have said if you do this and this and this, this is really a useful tactic to use in general. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm but, thinking,
0: of, I'm thinking of a sentence, really, just like a yeah. statement. You could even, because I know you're still working on a game a bit, just put it in there, like a loading screen thing. Think about yeah. that. That's what I'm thinking. What little tip, little you know, loading page tip would you say to them? But I'm just saying, you're sitting right next to them and saying, okay, now you know how to play the game. What would you? What would, just the one thing?
1: Yeah. So, so, so the rabble before was basically me trying to say that. I, hopefully, I've introduced those that sentence sort of in terms of the level itself already. Yeah. yeah. Um. But if I could give them some advice, Uh oh, <laughs> ah, this is I. It's, it's really I mean, hard. To it's it's really hard.
0: I mean, I can volunteer one. Well.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, but I wanna I wanna try and work out what yours might be. Because if I can say the same thing as you it'd be fantastic. It'd
0: be, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Okay. Uh,
1: um, Meeting ooh. of
0: minds ten thousand miles apart.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think and i I would probably try and work out a better way to phrase this, but I think I would try and give them the concept of Oh no, I don't know <laughs>
0: um
1: I think there's this idea that takes a long time for a player to grasp or at least i I found that to be the case um where if you're jumping off a say a high ledge into the ground yeah it's it's sort of like jumping onto a trampoline at this point um yes, and I think what a lot of people will do is instead of jumping off that ledge and diving deep into the ground and sort of keeping that momentum, people might jump onto the ground below and then be like, well, what do I do now? Um, so I think I would try and explain this this concept of if you can keep as much momentum as possible, if you can dive as deep as you can, a lot of the time that'll get you the furthest. But that's, that's very particular advice and probably only applies to a bunch of levels. So... I'm not no, sure I I about right.
0: that speed. Uh, okay. yes. You you have to you you have to get out there. You have to pick up your speed by any reasonable means necessary without yeah. without sacrificing yourself. The player has to maintain speed. If they've got speed, they can go anywhere they want. Yes. Anywhere. If they want to get to somewhere, you know, Speed. And The only way you to do that is by using the reverse polarity. Yeah, so that's what. That's that's it. Yeah, we're actually, pretty close. We're pretty close. We're pretty ah, close. We're um, pretty so yeah, you can have a single word sentence, a bit like William yeah. Shakespeare: "Speed." <laughs> Remember speed. And that's what I would recommend to anyone playing Sun and Moon uh, after understanding the mechanics. Speed. If you're having, if you're leaden, if you're stopped. The only reason you've stopped is you're trying to figure out where to go next. The only reason yeah. you've stopped. If you have stopped and you're thinking that's a that, you know a, a, a strategic, no, no, you should be <laughs> flying all around all the time. It's a very fast game. It looks like it's very, you know, um, it's, 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 uh, know. it's plodding, but it's not at yes. all. It, it gives the impression that it's a very sort of strategic tactical game, if you will. But it's not. It's actually a reactive reactive, uh, high-speed arcade game. Yeah. But it, just, it starts off very slow, if you let it. Don't do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the character doesn't have that much they can do if it weren't for the fact that they could dive. If all they could do was run and jump, then they feel so... It would, guess, be, really a, puny.
0: It would be a very tedious game as well.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. Tidious. Actually, I thought of a second sentence. Oh, there you go. Um, I, I think... I would give the advice, and this is probably due to some of my levels not being designed as well as they could be. But if a level seems way too difficult for where it is, there's probably an easier way.
0: Yes. So I think that's
1: I think that's something that uh, I found that people have they found a way to solve a level which never even occurred to me, unfortunately. Um, but the way involves doing something incredibly difficult, and usually there's a there's like a really easy way to do it instead. But if, a, if, if all you see is the hard method, then you're just going to sit there for 10 minutes trying again and again and again to get through it.
0: There's a name for this. It's called the Half-Life Syndrome, or specifically the Half-Life <laughs> 2 Syndrome. Yeah, Half-Life putting 2, everywhere. Yeah, put in, you're moving <laughs> stuff around, doing ridiculous yeah. things, balancing things precariously off. If you started doing that in Half-Life 2, you were doing it wrong. Yeah. Never, never, yeah, never, never,
1: never. Out of crates.
0: Yeah, build ridiculous (laughs) buildings and tetring and if you're if you're doing that, uh, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, because there's one level where you had to get these batteries, and I only found one of the batteries, and I put that into the, and then you had to raise the barrier with these batteries, Mm. but I only found one of the batteries. Oh, damn it! So I started building this extraordinarily. You know, this extraordinary structure to get over the barrier. Over the barrier. Uh, like I know. no, no, there's the other battery. Oh god <laughs> You know, it's yeah. just like you knew that was relatively early in the game and you realize that yeah, there's it's, if you're doing if you're if it's too hard, you have to step away and go, Okay, okay, okay. Hang on, being stupid. I'm missing something. Yeah. And and you again the Sun and Moon reeks of that. But yes, speed and really isn't that difficult. <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, <laughs> a, a game that I sort of keep getting reminded of with the sun and moon is um, is Portal. Even though they're very different games, yeah, I think they both have those two things in common. I think yeah. I think in Portal, yeah. you sit there for twenty minutes trying to do something ridiculous, and then you realize, oh, if I just put that there and put that over there, then yeah, everything works out.
0: Portal Two, less so, because you had that paint, and when they made yes. that paint in Portal Two, it makes it oh god. I can go anywhere then. Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah. So But they still design it fantastically, so Yeah. Especially the yeah. co-op multiplayer. Oh, it's so good. Yeah.
0: So where can you get the Sun and Moon? So what's it out for?
1: Okay. Um so it'll be out on the fourteenth of this right. month. And it'll be out on Steam and a few other places. Um but if you
0: What platforms?
1: Oh. Okay, sorry, yeah. So it'll be out on Windows, on Mac, and on Linux. Okay. Uh, I haven't fully tested them yet, so I know that it works on those other platforms, but I'll need to do a bit of testing and make sure everything works Does it work perfectly. on a Steam box? Uh, I
0: That's don't a Linux know. machine, effectively, so...
1: It yeah, it might, but I haven't tested it, so I, I can't say for sure. The reason I uh, mention it
0: a lot of our yeah. listeners... Have built Steam boxes, so okay, Clean myself. But I cheated. Oh, cool. How are you that? I, I, I cheated because I made it a Windows machine. Uh, <laughs> it still boots into Steam. Hey, come on! But yeah. uh, it, it starts off as Windows. My argument was: I'd rather have three thousand games rather than just twelve.
1: Yes. <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah, I built it. it of, know, it's Steam I, had, I had.
0: Yeah, I had ver- exactly. I had various bits of PC lying around. You know what it's like. Like, oh, I can, I can cobble something together, and lo and yeah. behold, there it is, sitting in front of my
1: telly. <laughs> is it? Are you enjoying it though? Yeah, it's great,
0: fantastic. Oh, cool! can just fantastic sitting there on a big fifty-inch telly playing Spelunky, which you can on big consoles. But anyway, any other indie game that happens to run off a Xbox three hundred and sixty controller?
1: Yeah, which, which this one does, and I don't know if you're playing it with a controller or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or- but yeah, I think it, it works quite well with that.
0: My, my um, PS4 controller is plugged into my big PC. My okay. Big PC because I like the PS4 controller; it's very nice.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. So it'll be out on those platforms, and then hopefully next year it'll be out on PS V2 as well.
0: Good call. Cool. Uh, um, that's because... my uh, my mobile platform of choice when I'm on the long plane flights and stuff. Yeah. It looked fantastic on that screen.
1: Ah, it, I think it's pretty really nice also just having... I, I think it's a perfect fit for the PS Vita. Um I, I tried to get it on mobile platforms originally, but I found that the controls just weren't tight enough on there. Um, which, as you can imagine, as soon as the controls become a bit flimsy, the game sort of falls apart and becomes super frustrating.
0: Yeah, I think we covered that earlier on the show. Mm. Daniel, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Really appreciate yeah. it sharing your time. Wish you the best of luck in uh, the future sales of the sun and moon um, and, uh, and your future endeavours, whatever they may be. Maybe we we'll get another game game jam out of it. you would probably make it on something else Hopefully, right yeah. now, but you can't really talk about it, uh, which is cool. Um, who knows It's it be about?
1: Probably about yeah. well, identities. There <laughs> are some games I'm, I'm hoping to make in the not-too-distant future. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to be having, being able to make those as well thank you so much for interviewing
0: me it's been great having you on
1: yeah it's great fun
0: and so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory do leave us an iTunes review and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher.com so just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com Bye!